welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about all the backlash from the first three books showing up in this book and not giving us enough Jaina and all the backlash that you're going to get from that. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, I am talking too fast. And I followed your timber with the, I'm Tim. <laughs> that whole complete gap you was exactly the same. Copier. Yeah. Or did I pre-copy you? That's for yeah. you, Pete, even though you're not listening. <laughs> this week on Forever Canon, we're going to talk about the book that we just finished in the last episode. By the way. Happy episode 100. 100 Tim. episodes. We did this 100 <laughs> times. That's that's a high bar for us. That's, yeah. That's a long, it's been a long commitment. 100 episodes, obviously, we're coming up on two years of reading Star Wars books and talking about them every week of our lives mm-hmm. for two years so far. Yeah, uh, plus a week because we had to re-record once. Yeah, because system crash. That first one. (laughs) All the way back to episode one. Record that first episode where we're just going to talk about what we're going to talk about. Set it up. Record it. Sit down and chit chat, the three of us. And then the computer crashed like the next week. Everything was gone. Yep. So... (laughs) We made it all the way to episode 100, where this week we're going to recap all of the book that we just finished, Fate of the Jedi, book four, Backlash, by Aaron Alston. And as always with our review episodes, the first thing I like to talk about is what's happening in the galaxy at large. What is the background against which our characters will be acting? The Galactic Overview. Chief of State Natasi Dalla grows concerned with the public opinion surrounding her political jousting against the Jedi. The people are growing more divided by her aggressive negotiations regarding the psychologically ill Jedi Knights. Morale is down across the armed forces and General Jackson suggests the arrest of retired Admiral Cha Nyathal and a kangaroo court for her crimes beside Jason Solo in the last Galactic Civil War. Dala acquiesces, and Nyathal takes her own life, further fracturing the Galactic Alliance Navy, a consequence likely foreseen by General Jackson working in conjunction with Senator Treen and Moff Leckerson to undermine Dala and Jagged Fell alike. Meanwhile, Ben has phoned home to inform the Jedi Order about the grand-scale Return of the Sith, even that is put aside when Jedi Sar goes mad, triggering Dalla's standing orders for her Mandalorian mercenaries, attack the Jedi Temple, retrieve the mad Jedi. They fail, and Dalla is forced to switch gears. Han and Leia Solo are conscripted to negotiate between the Galactic Alliance and the Jedi, which might be tough when Moff Leckerson implicates Dalla in an attack on Jagged Fell and the entire Solo family. Also, Prince Zizor and the Black Sun might be back, plus Luke and Ben are captured by the Sith. Anything else, Tim? <laughs> Anything you want to add? That was, that was fairly comprehensive. I think it was. Yeah. Long story short, the government is eroding beneath eroding. the feet and under the leadership of Natasi Dalla. Yeah, and that was a, a pretty 
extensive galactic overview for not a lot of galactic writing that we had it, got to yeah read. yeah this book happened on coruscant a couple of pages <laughs> and then 300 pages in dathmere yeah that was like that was it that was all that was all the places we went and that those were the only places in the galaxy that we talked about really yeah you know we did the, the maws alluded to a few times because we were just there uh, there wasn't even a whole lot of like space travel to and from these places it was just hey we're there no there was not a whole lot of movement and to be honest in about an hour i'm gonna come around to that okay and i'm gonna hammer it <laughs> <laughs> but for now that was pretty much everything that happened you know doll has been pushing hard against the jedi She's now being manipulated behind the scenes by this cabal of secret card players and costumes. Mm -hmm. And things are progressing very negatively. It's going bad for her. The Jedi are looking better. And there's cracks opening up throughout the government that, you know, sneaky little weasels are trying to snout their little way yeah, into. Those those moths. Those, or at least one of them. Why do they even... <laughs> why do they allow... Anyways... Let's get to the journey of this book, Fate of the Jedi Backlash, <laughs> and the characters that we love, our main characters for this story, mm -hmm. this nine book triple trilogy saga. The first characters we're going to talk about are Han and Leia Solo, featuring Alana, or as I call them, the Solo parents, neglecting again. They all head to Dathomir. <laughs> To help Luke and Ben, cause Sith. Yep. They bring the kid, good or bad. What do you think? Uh, that that's good. Uh, uh, yes, it yes. would seem so, right? Yeah. They're they're like, ah, you know what happened to our children? We had to spend too much time away from them while we were saving the galaxy and our family members. So we've learned our lesson. We'll bring her with us. Either way, they leave her unattended <laughs> immediately. Yeah, with the droids. So what was the difference? You could have left her at the Jedi Temple with hundreds of very capable people guarding her. You could have left her with Jaina in your own apartment. You could have left her with Zach anywhere because he's back. And that's just a side note. Yep. Maybe I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, what if Aaron Alston thought Troy was going to hit that Zach note in his last book? <laughs> like, you know, it got edited out or it got too long or whatever. And so he was just like, yeah, slip it under the rug. Because he seems to have written this, I swear to God, before the other book was done. Yeah. Or whatever the circumstances are, right? <laughs> so either way, they learn nothing. They abandon their child. Again, you know, grandchild this time. So that's better. Abandon her right away at the spaceport. Leave her on the Falcon with the droids. And they hire a crew to head into the forest to find Luke and Ben. Eventually they do. They find them battling rancors and witches. Han sideswipes one of the Rancors, Leia hands off her lightsaber, and that's their way to victory. They join Luke and Ben at the boy-girl tribe party to hunt for the Sith girl that they don't even know about. Of course, Vistara. Mm -hmm. The party goes sour thanks to a Night Sister bug attack. Snakes also. Yes. But at least Han gets to use the flamethrower, right? That was yeah. He had so much fun with that, the flamethrower. That was a fun part of the party, you know. Yeah. Before the party got busted up. Thrower. It's it's just, it reminds me with a 
a spray can and a lighter. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's like after after his flamethrower fun, that's it. They're at, they gotta go because they get a call from Alana and she needs saving. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you left her alone. That's yeah. why. I mean, that's why. Why does the child need to be saved? Because the child was unattended. Yeah. Being watched from the shadows by Zach and Taryn. You know. Yeah. But... Left him. Left her with three PO and R two. R2 always goes off by himself. As he does. All the time. Which he does. And 3PO is too trusting. Right. He 3PO is, is, is you know, trickable. Yeah. And R2-D2 is already enough of a handful for 3PO. So what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, she followed R2 into trouble. Damn near got them all killed slash dismembered. Mm-hmm. What would you call that? When you take dismantled. A, dismantled. Sure, I like that even better. Uh, yeah, they all would have been dead if not for Zach. P.S. He's back. Mm-hmm. And Alana escaped all the mess by flying the Falcon. She is eight. Yeah, that was allegedly. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> she escaped the spaceport by flying the Millennium Falcon, dragging the whole fence with her, <laughs> cruising across the, t- skimming the tops of the trees, and then finding a meadow to land in that. You know, uh, 3PO said was safe or whatever that situation was. Yeah. She's eight. She got to fly the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, I'm jealous. Yeah. Han has a heart attack. <laughs> and then they find out that Jaina and the Jedi Temple were attacked. They zip back to Coruscant to protect their daughter, only to immediately be snatched up into helping Dala find peace with the Jedi. And this part, their arc was so disjointed so dissonant yeah it had no consistency to it like for example we bounce from leaving dathomir slash saving alana being to to protecting jaina to accepting dola's offer no matter how forced that may be they jump from being scared for alana to mad about jaina to working with the government who attacked your kid that you were just mad about and has a warrant out for your arrest as well. It was just like wishy-washy, flippy floppy so quick. And and it's, it's almost like finding a place to use these characters just for the sake of using them. Yeah. Because we didn't use them at all in the last book. Like, you know, like they are the central figures politically in this book. Luke and Luke is exiled. Mm -hmm. You know, Jason's dead. Jaina's, hiding in the wall half the fucking time (laughs) and they're the only ones who are like at the forefront of the the political negotiation or the political movering movering maneuvering maneuvering you know between the ga and the jedi they're the only ones who've been involved how has jana not been involved at all yeah what about okay yeah what about all the rest like there's like so many jedi in that jedi temple who are Content to sit underneath Kent Hamner and do nothing about nothing about everything, and which is so crazy because so many of them are described as hard-headed or yeah. opinionated. Kyle like, Katarn, Kip Durin, Corin Horn, Corn Horn, yeah, Jaina, all of them—they're they're all, all very fiery. self-motivated, yeah, and problem solvers. But like you know, for some reason, Han and Leia end up the ones who are like put into this position because she is a former head of state. Han gets re 
ignited into the military. I can't think of the word. Yeah, I didn't even like try. Initiated. Re. Re. Recalled. Yeah. Rico. <laughs> into the into the active military. Was wow. that a Starship Troopers? Though? Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> and then I also just said Mactive. Anyways, like we just bounce. They bounce and bounce and bounce. It's like they're they're chilling on Coruscant, and then they get a call from Ben, so they zip over there to help Luke and Ben. And then there's a problem to go help Alana. They go help Alana, and then there's a problem on Coruscant, so, so they go run to Coruscant. But it's like every time they're partially leaving things unfinished. Yeah, they don't stick around for the resolution Kind of ever. unsatisfying in, yeah. in that way. And also unmotivating as a reader. Yeah, you, I'm not so concerned as what they're doing because they're just going to move on to the next thing in a minute. And also their emotions are all over the place. Yeah. Were you, were you, okay, I don't know how long the trip from Dathomir back to Coruscant is, but were you not just so mad that Dala tried to kill your daughter with Mandalorians? Not Okay, attack the Jedi Temple that your daughter was in. You know, she wasn't yeah. the direct target. But like, were that you were so mad about that that you just jumped across hyperspace. And then it's like you're forced to land outside the government building. She ushers you in. She makes you an offer you can't refuse. And then they walk out of there bewildered. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's yeah, kind it, of empty. It just feels, yeah, meaningless. Meaningless, yeah, because it's unmotivated, or they're su- such short-sighted motivations. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what I'm feeling, Tim. Well, and, and that's that's the problem. There's not enough time with them <laughs> to feeling a certain way to get in, invested in what they're doing. Well, that was a really good point, man. They jump around so much. Even still, with all this jumping around, they manage to strike a deal with the Jedi that they bring back to Dala, and that gets ironed out. And then, cut to them almost getting murdered at family dinner, and then they're very much back to being mad at Dala, mm-hmm. and that's a wrap. Like, that's, that's the end of their story in this book. In this book, yeah. They jump to Dathomir and save Luke and Ben. They abandon the child and then have to save their granddaughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they jump to Coruscant in a misguided effort to save their daughter and wind up working for the man. Yeah, you know. And then get angry but, at that. And then it seems the man tried to kill you all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I don't know. Their, their whole thing, their whole, their whole plot thread is just messy. That is an excellent word for it. Yeah, it's just they moved around more than the perspective of the entire story. You know what? Like <laughs> they went to yeah. two places twice. <laughs> like I don't, Ooh. I don't know. That was that was their whole thing, man. That that's a wrap. They endangered a child. They saved Luke and Ben. They got mad. They got peace. They got mad again. Mm-hmm. And they're right in the middle of the Jedi and the politics, like we said earlier, unlike the last series, which is a nice change of pace. Yeah. Because the whole time we were like, hey, where's that former president of the galaxy who's also a Jedi who could like help you negotiate things? Oh, that Karelian hero who's married to a Jedi who used to be president of the galaxy. Maybe you could use the two of them. You know, they yeah, were the- busy 
subverting. And now they're doing too many things. In this book, at least. Yeah, in this in this book, yeah. And, I don't know, very little of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite moment of Han and Leia? Okay. <laughs> um, the the whole sequence of them with the Rancors and the Night Sisters when they first so the side swipe the side and swipe in the yeah, yeah. that's I, I like I'm a, a sucker for action scenes yeah well and Han Solo piloting you know and and Leia doing Jedi stuff yeah it's fun doing but, their jobs doing yeah, their what they're that's good really at. fun. I think mine was the flamethrower, man. Yeah. Because it was like, it was that, and then it was the two of them quipping at each other. Like, don't be getting any ideas, you know, his <laughs> wife. Like, you're not getting a flamethrower. And he's like, I don't know, I kind of like this. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I also like just the throw a penny off the balcony carelessly, Zach's back. Oh, yeah, we got Zach. He's, yeah, he's yeah he's, let's give Zach a call. Huh. <laughs> cool. Our next character... Keeping in the Solo family tradition, Jaina Solo, the sword of the Jedi Temple. (laughs) (laughs) Aha, I knew that would make you (laughs) chuckle. Jaina is told about the Lost Tribe of the Sith in a meeting with Silgal, who got a space mail from Ben. She chats with Jagabo, who tried to kill him. She's about to smuggle Jedi Sar out to the mists when the Mandos attack the Temple. She babysits Alana. She sits in on Han and Leia's negotiations, saves her husband and family from dinner assassins. And then next, in a full circle-y sort of way, chats with Jag about who tried to kill him again. Before the final scene of her popping out of the wall and having a chat with Jag about who's trying to kill him. She's in eight scenes. 300 and whatever the fuck page book. Yeah. Eight scenes. The strongest Jedi in the Jedi Temple. She stars in two of them. The Mandalorians attacking the temple. Mm -hmm. Standout star. The dinnertime assassination. Standout star. She stars in two of eight scenes. Three times. She's talking to Jag. About his life. And the other three times, she is a silent or near silent observer of what other people are doing. Yeah. At least when she's talking to Jag, he's a major political figure, maybe? Yes. But let (laughs) me break that down one more time. Two times in this book did she do a thing. Yeah. Two times. I was shocked. When I went back through the notes and counted, because I label character names in the margin for Mm -hmm. these episodes specifically, so I can break down what each character did quickly as I'm flipping through my numerous handwritten pages of notes. Eight times she was in this book. And then I thought about it. Three of those times are just literally just a few sentences of saying to Jag, who do you think is trying to kill you when he gets nearly assassinated in his flight simulator? Mm-hmm. And then after the dinner thing too. And then after he interviews Leckerson about who do you think should take over for me? Same conversation three times. Yep. 
And then she's at the plaza to pick up Alana. Gone. Even though warrant out for her arrest. Mm-hmm. She's sitting with Han and Leia while they're negotiating. Like, she's sitting in on the negotiations with the Jedi. And then there was, like, one other time they, they I don't, I, what was the other goddamn thing I said? Whatever. Yeah. She's the most powerful Jedi in the temple on Coruscant in the center of this conflict. And that's not just opinion, that is written in the book. That is, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I would like to present you of the jury, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, a fact. Because mm-hmm. that is one. Yeah. She just is, she's the strongest person in the Jedi Temple. And she stands out and is given the, the, the battle scene. Yeah. Where, you know, she's about to take the crazy Jedi off to the transitory mist, hide him out in the Hapes Cluster with everybody else. And then the Mandos blow into the temple and attack everybody. But she even gets only half of that scene. Because Raynar Thull comes and takes over and steals her thunder and kind of outshines her. Yeah. You know? Everybody's kicking everybody in the head and stuff stuff like that. Lots of, lots and lots of head kicking in this book, dude. <laughs> I, I was looking at the notes for the Mandalorian fight. Mm-hmm. Jaina kicked three people in the head. One of them was a triple kick in the head. So, like, that's, like, six. Raynar Thull did it. And then I was cutting ahead to the battle on the hill. Mm-hmm. Ben's kicking someone in the head. Vistar is kicking someone in the head. I'm like, <laughs> what? Where is your variety of action? I, we didn't catch it because it was spread out between the beginning and end of the book. Yeah. Like, action in the beginning, uh, the beginning middle, and then action at the end. Just everybody's kicking everybody in the head because nobody has any better ideas, I guess. <laughs> or it is just the best thing you can it's do. It's effective. In the, in the text, I mean, you yeah. write it as effective. You write it 55 kicks in the fucking head. I'll test it on my brother, see how effective it is. But man, eight scenes? She... She stars in two of them? She that She's the focus of two scenes? Mm. Come on! What? R2-D2 had more scenes to himself. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, he had a few. 3PO is in the book more than she is. That guy is incapable of doing anything right. Or really anything much at all. No, he, he can talk. I just... What and why? Okay, what are we doing and why are we doing it? Are we saving her for the back half of the book to be a, a surprise hero like last time? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Set her up better on a more solid foundation if that's what we're doing again. She can't be absent for the first goddamn half of the series. Yeah. She's in yeah. eight scenes in this book. Yeah, because we... Eight! The, the last series we said exactly... <laughs> We got exactly the same feeling. Yeah. All of a sudden, book six, she's like, I'm going to go train with Mandos. And it's like, oh, well, I guess this isn't going to be between Jason and Luke, maybe. Maybe it's going to be Jason and Jaina. And, you know, fast forward to she takes over the second half of the series. Yep. Where are you in the first half? Where is more... It's even more it's it's even more frustrating based on the fact of what she is doing. She's just hanging out with her boyfriend chatting. 
Yeah. Like, they're not sparring and talking. Like, we've seen a lot between her and Zach, her and Jag. We've seen it. Mm-hmm. They're not, I don't know, researching and talking. They're not reviewing security footage and talking. No, they're, they're sitting, sitting on the couch. talking. They're She's sitting on the spinning couch. out of a hidden compartment in the wall, talking. They're, uh, oh my God. And it was not, it was like a few episodes ago when we were like, oh, didn't she like, they, they went and tricked Dala at the jail? No, that was, the last that was not this book. She is in eight scenes. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means over a 360 something page book. Most powerful Jedi and maybe the galaxy. Well, even if you just break it down to one scene per page, that means she's eight out of 300 scenes. And <laughs> <laughs> think about this. To make it even worse. Oh, good. She knows there are Sith at the mall. She sits in a chair with her boyfriend at the Jedi Temple. She knows there are Sith in the mall and that Luke and Ben are in trouble. Her parents ran off to go help. She sits and stays. Does nothing. Does she know? Silgal tells her about the Sith at the beginning. Tells her all about Ben's email. Everybody knows everything. She sits and does nothing. No sorting, no defending the light against the dark. Sit and wait. She knows Mandos. And she knows there are Mandos on Coruscant at Dala's beck and call. And then Mandos attack the temple. She knows Mandos. She doesn't reach out to anybody. She doesn't try to make any contact. She doesn't try to do any research. Who are these Mandos? Maybe I know them. Maybe I know one. Maybe I can talk to them and take them, talk them, take out of this job. Talk them out of taking this job. I got there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nope. She does nothing. She doesn't call Babuir Fett. No. Why not? He's been, he's not busy. No. He's flown in orbit around his planet. Probably not. I wouldn't even get that close. No, me neither. She is, I would say, Aaron Alston, arrest this man. Because she is criminally underused in this entire book. Compared to how competent she is, how important she is, and how straight up powerful she is. Yeah. Completely underused. I want more Jaina. Okay. Wonderful. Now, let's talk about the good parts. Because during the Mando invasion and the dinner assassination, she shines. Yeah, she's badass. She is her normal, amazing self. Mm -hmm. Her character is fun to listen to, fun to hear her thoughts, like interesting, engaging. Yeah. And watching her fight is fantastic. Yep. You know, she dodging, catching rockets and head kicking everybody and, and sh- bifurcating YVH droids. It's all gold. And so much potential to be such a dynamic character. But at the same time in this book, we get 0% inside her head. Other than the only thing she cares about right now is her boyfriend. Because that's all she talks about. Yeah. What was your favorite moment of Jaina Solo? Well, she... She's got two moments where she does stuff, so I gotta. I guess I get to choose between one of those, right? Yeah, don't pick mine. 50, huh? 50. Yeah, no, I, w- I would go with the YVH droids. I like when she, she just... Even though it's so weird from the last time when her and Zach were on that planet, it's just so yeah. backwards, but she went hard at those. She also had, she's also now had an entire regiment of 
Mandalorian training though since the first time she fought those YV that's true too. and they've fought like maybe a dozen of them now but yeah she just <laughs> chops I, his arm off cuts his head off or whatever yeah, yeah, lightsaber up through the chest it swirls it around breaks his CPU yeah my favorite part was eight scenes <laughs> next let's talk about Vestara Kai the silver-tongued Sith triple agent. She makes her way to Dathomir, having fled the Maw, and Avaloth, and Ship, and Luke Skywalker, and her dead master. She flees all the way to Dathomir, calls the Sith for backup, then infiltrates a tribe of Night Sisters slash regular sisters while she waits for her ride. She knows Luke's tracking her, she knows he's going to find her, and eventually they do. And since she's being protected by her newfound tribe, we get to hear her kind of walk freely amongst yeah. these Jedi who are trying to track her and catch her. They're, Ben's watching her, but she's not She's not doing anything he, She negative. dances around all of his questions every yeah. time. Like, they try and interrogate her, try to negotiate for, you know, taking her captive and stuff like that. The Dathomiri are not having it at all. It's really funny too. Like all the like she. Oh, does she ever just know how to get right under Ben's skin? Mm -hmm. He tells her, "I hate your guts because you're an evil Sith." And she's like, "Jason was a Jedi. How you like them apples? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like just good stuff, you know." And across this book, the two of them start to develop this antagonistic cat and mouse relationship. Yeah, which is the thing. They're they're the cats tracking and chasing this mouse. And now the mouse has made friends with a bunch of other cats. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they're like, nah, that's our friend. You can't. She's a cat, too. You can't take her. Anyway, so they developed this thing over the course of the book, and it's charged with teenage curiosity mm-hmm. and the ancient Jedi-Sith uh, dichotomy dynamic, you know, that they normally have, which is one must destroy the other. Yeah, you're bad because you're... But the two the of them end of up in the spot where... I don't know. They're they have an adversarial interest in each other. I, I, like I don't know how else to say it. She wants the Skywalkers to give them as a prize to the tribe. They want her to get in her head and figure out what the Sith are doing and what is happening. You know what is happening. They don't know. Yeah. So I I, I like this how very complicated her relationship is with with Ben and Luke. It's, yeah. This whole, this is, this is a good way to, I guess, keep her out of their grasp, you know, where Luke and Ben aren't just going to fight their way through 30, uh, people, uh, innocent people of this tribe to get to Vistara. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she's her, using them as human shields, essentially. Exactly. Exactly. You know, she's hiding amongst them and I don't know. I just kind of like the, the, uh. I don't want to say dynamic again. (laughs) I like the atmosphere of the whole thing where it's like your quarry is just within arm's reach, but for reasons beyond your control, you've been, she's manipulated her way into a situation where you can't reach her. Yeah. You know, she's, I I like it. She's great. Um, Let me see here. Eventually night sisters attack everybody as they do. Vistara saves Luke Skywalker on the hill. Question. Do you think that's because 
she wants to take them as a prize? Or do you think those are specifically her orders after having made contact with the Sith when she first got here? No, I think she wants she wants to keep them. <laughs> I, I think she wants to keep them for herself as a prize rather than let someone else she wants to do the killing or the capturing, not let someone else do it well, and take the, the credit. Well, the thing is, we know that it's not killing. We know, and we knew that from the last book. Yeah. They they have no intention of killing Luke Skywalker. They want him mm-hmm. so bad. And so, mm-hmm. how much of her saving him is motivated by what you said? Like, she wants him. She wants to be the one to deliver the treasure chest. Yeah. Like, look what I got for us, right? versus how much of it is she was told to do that also having made contact or something. I don't know. Yeah. I just, it popped into my head and I was like, ah, something that the Skywalkers would be unaware of that. She's made contact with the, the other Sith and the higher ups and in the ranks. Maybe she has an order, a standing order to keep the Skywalkers alive. No matter what, until we get there to pick them up. Yeah. I don't know. It's inconsequential, but it was just an interesting thought that I had. She jumps off the hill to go save Luke Skywalker is about to be killed by a bunch of witches and rancors. And she uses Ben's lightsaber to do it. So cool. Mm-hmm. So very, very cool. When the Sith arrive to pick everybody up, Vistara's layers of betrayal are revealed. The triple agent thing that we were talking about before. And she's stranded on Dathomir once the Sith that come to pick her up are fought off and forced to leave. She's stranded right into Luke Skywalker's hands. Well, the Jade Shadow, actually, where Vistara and Ben share some more pointed banter before, ultimately, the Sith show up in large numbers on their way off of Dathomir mm-hmm. and ambush the Skywalkers and the Jade Shadow, which we all should have seen coming. Yep. She called for backup. She told them it was here. They weren't just sending three shuttles down to the planet. Yeah, and they have a whole civilization. They've been getting this Thousands armada ready. Yep. Yeah. And so, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, she nailed it, eh? Did. She escaped through the beginning of the book. She discovered new dark side users, which is a benefit for the tribe. And then she delivered both of the Skywalkers. She delivered them. She is in the ship with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it could definitely be con- <laughs> construed that way. She, uh, she'll she definitely try and double talk her way into oh. that into that perception. For yeah. sure. I knew you were there, so that's why I went along with them. But once again, you know, another book, another book come and gone. Two, three, now four, where she is smart, she is strong, she is funny, and this time, she won. Yes. And that tells me... More about her importance in the character uh, uh, hierarchy. Jinx. (laughs) Yeah, she's definitely moving up the list. Right, because you don't trick and defeat Luke and Ben Skywalker and deliver them into the hands of an entire tribe of thousands of Sith. You don't win that. Unless you are becoming an important character. Mm-hmm. And that's fun. We haven't had a new important character in a long time. Lumaya was a comeback. Alemarar was a comeback. 
the last Natasi doll has a comeback. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like new central character. Yeah. Main character. Not since what? The Ben was born. Yeah. The NJO. <laughs> like, the, the Yuzhan Vong showed up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Abeloth. Like yeah. we're getting two of them here in this series. I just think Vistara winning against the Skywalkers is notable. Yeah, it's definitely has some uh, consequence to it. And, you know, even looking forward, it's a case for revenge, you know? <laughs> she delivered the Skywalkers into the into the hands of the Lost Tribe of the Sith, and I can't believe how surprised I was by that at the end. Double surprise to you, because you didn't even know it was I the Sith. I did not at all. I feel so dumb about it, too. <laughs> she won, man. The, the two teenagers are great together. And I love how she just completely baffles Ben. He doesn't... He cannot wrap his head around what she is about, mm-hmm. who she is, and how she always gets the upper hand on him conversationally. She yeah. just flabbergasted this kid and i fucking love that yeah he's he's so from just the fact that it's been brought up a couple times that he's he's a teenager she's an attractive teenager that that does it for him he said it he said it himself at the beginning of the book yeah she's hot enough to to get any ship she wants at the spaceport dad and she can she can outsmart him in a conversation even though he's relatively intelligent himself she stood toe-to-toe in a lightsaber battle with his father she's very capable yep and so the two of them whatever sort of relationship they're gonna have they're obviously being mirrored against each other yeah yeah you know what i mean if they're gonna be adversaries allies if they're gonna have a have a love-hate revenge thing like luke and lumaya mm-hmm. if they're gonna just have a a, a love-hate thing like luke and mara <laughs> <laughs> It's the Skywalker tradition, man. Yeah. So, I just think she's fantastic. What was your favorite moment of Vistara Kai? The the reveal and subsequent betrayal of... Um, Haliava. Haliava. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're in the... Yeah, when they're in like, the forest, yeah. she just knocks her out and strings her up. And, and she, like, talks a little shit at her first. She's like, you know... Uh, that's the thing about uh, she say that's the thing about alliances they're only valuable so long as both sides are profiting whack bang yeah. tied up tied up and then she's like oh, I should have waited till we were closer yes oh I gotta carry her all the way across <laughs> yeah. yeah I like that <laughs> which is funny too because like as much as you see her winning and being superior and being intelligent it's little rookie mistakes right she's new. Mm-hmm. she's very new and they're all new these Sith to life outside their own planet but she especially is new to responsibility of this magnitude yeah yeah and for her to be like ah shit <laughs> should have knocked her out like 300 feet from now <laughs> yeah I should have just waited oh well not to be cheap but my favorite part was her jumping down the mountain down the hill to go fight side by side with Luke Skywalker. Yeah. You know, another notable point of how important her character is. In the last book, she stood toe to toe with him, battling against him for as long as she could while he was, you know, severely, I don't know, not uh, diminished. Mm-hmm. 
And now we switch the perspective a little bit, and she swings around to on his side, fighting side by side with him, Sith and Jedi, right? Yeah, Luke having being in a scene with Luke, especially doing something action related or having an in depth conversation, gives you a certain status. Yeah, as a character. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, especially helping him, saving him. Yeah. Like this is that's another level of of business you know yeah he could probably count the amount of people that have done that on one hand yeah if he on the robot hand yeah <laughs> extra fingers maybe i don't know the star is the bomb and so was our next character our fourth character abeloth the mysteriously missing maiden of the ma uh first note does not appear <laughs> uh she's not in this book in the last book, we went on this whole crazy journey where we found this unbelievably powerful manifestation of the Force. Yeah. And then went on this wild ride with her. And then she is referred to throughout the entire book as the darkness in the Maw. She is abstractly referred to, indirectly yeah. referred to. She's not called by name, which Luke, Vistara, Ben all know her name. She does simply does not appear in the book. She doesn't even exist in the book. Like, you know, complaining about Jaina not being in the book. Mm-hmm. People know who she is still, even when she's not in the scenes. Yeah. Nobody knows who Abeloth is anymore or what she is. So I'm very <laughs> confused. She does not appear. Here's I have a number of questions that I want to ask. You. Okay. And this is us hypothesizing. Oh, all right. Number one, where okay. is she? Ah, uh, yes. Does she take ship? Would she even need ship now that she's off her planet? Could she just fly around on her own? Who knows? Ship is a powerful tool, regardless. That's true. And she can command him, absolutely. Use him as like a... But is antenna? she in the Maw? Because he came into the Maw, so he knows the way out, ship. Where is she and what is she doing? If you are Abeloth and you're obsessed with Luke Skywalker because he blew himself up with a magic pyramid focus mm-hmm. on book two. I would be looking. Book th- two. two. Yeah. I would be looking for that same beacon that I felt originally, which might be throwing her off course. But. That thing wasn't giving off any energy until he touched it. Yeah, it was like so, an amplifier. Yes. So, so it's not like a constant signal, but it's probably a ping in her memory, right? Yeah. So maybe she went, oh, no. To the lizard people? <laughs> to the Keldor? No, not the Keldor. What are they called? The, um, oh, frick. The armadillo dicks? Yeah. The, the, the voice the, box the, boys? Yeah, the, the liquors. Oh, shit. What were they called? The Taldore. something they're called towel towel something something like that either way are they doomed because they're kind of whole their whole religion kind of revolved around understanding these artifacts to understand the future and also they were afraid of these beings that existed beyond the veil veil yeah and as we found out in the last book, Abeloth was available beyond mm-hmm. shadows. Yeah. 
And if so, you... is she gonna go be the destroyer, like the Sith uh, prophecy? Type? Like what? I I can remember almost everything about these people except, except for their, their name. damn names. Yeah, because they believed in the rainbow spectrum. What of planet the force. were they from? Ah. Uh, those those were the ones that were in the weird like. Because you know what, I'm just so stuck on. The Keldor who live on Keldor in the city of Keldor. I want to say it started with an X. Oh, God. I don't think so. Either way. Either way. Either way. Yeah. Where did she go and what is she doing? Because I don't care what this book thinks. She does exist. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's so many questions raised by her absence. Questions both in the text. Where is she? What is she doing? And out of the text. Like, why? Is she not named? Was Troy late on his last book, mm-hmm. on his third book? Was Aaron writing this one super early because he had a heart attack touring the first one? Why did he not have this information to name her by name? I have no idea. Yeah. Did, did, uh, did uh, I got nothing. Our next character. Yeah. Number five, Ben Skywalker. Superior Savior Leadership Mode. And here we go. Now that we're reaching people who are in the same place, recapping some of the same things, but from a different perspective. They're tracking Vestara through the Dathomir jungles. Ben makes a couple comments about girls and how hot they are. Then the Rancors and Witches attack the first time. Frying Luke and Ben's gear. Their lightsabers, their communicators their speeders everything during the second attack with the sisters ben gets a hold of leia's lightsaber and it's immediately over because he's that goddamn good he and luke find out that vistara is going to be at the boy girl party and they head there and immediately find her and of course ben solves all the natives problems he leads them to bloody victories in battle and while also spying on Vistara, competing in Olympics, and solving a cold case kidnapping. All in a day's work. <laughs> a couple days' work. Yeah, it was a couple of days, for sure. A couple of nights. Because like there, were, there were a couple, of, several, at least a couple of attacks. Several nights. Yeah. There, yeah, maybe over the course of a week to stretch it out as far as possible. But, you know, in all of these things that he's doing, I just kind of ran through them quickly, you know fighting alongside these people and, and leading them on top of the hill and solving their problems for them and, 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 and discovering the clues to a kidnapping case and, and winning Olympic athletic competitions and spying on Vistara. This is like the culmination of all of the skills that we've seen Ben display yeah, over, these, acquire. over these 13 books. Yep. Where... We see all of his major talents, his leadership, you know, his intelligence, his athleticism, his detective spy kid work. Yeah, the spy kids. But yeah. He's got everything he needs to take over for his dad, right? That's kind of what we're being told here. Yeah, and that's what we're being shown for sure. And in a literal way, we're being shown that because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the stipulations around Luke's exile, he can't be on the hill if it's a Jedi camp, which it needs to be to join the two tribes, blah, blah, blah. So he's literally sent downhill, over the hill, so to speak, mm-hmm. 
And Ben is on top, above, in charge of everything. He's the king of the mountain. Also, he hates the Sith. No doubt. I don't blame him. Yeah. But he thinks maybe Vistara's not all bad. He says that like four or five times in this very hot and humid book, Tim. Yes, yes. In case, you know, I dropped that phrase over the first bunch of episodes, but it kind of... It's still a little hot and humid in there. It it held up. (laughs) It did hold up. Thanks, man. Yeah. We talked a little colony shop when Ben names the combo tribe for them, which I thought, in retrospect, especially was stupid. He didn't need that token gesture of leadership where, like, I am the one who will solve the problem and give you the name that you need or whatever, or Mm. the solution that you need. He already did... Tons of problem solving and leading and by example and by action and whatever. He didn't also need that stupid token gesture of like, I picked the name, you know? know Yeah, he's he was literally the Jedi leader on this planet. And even more to the theme of like hating this like white colonizer fucking. Yeah, the feel that that's going on. Yeah, the temperature of it. All the more reason to just have him not do that. Mm-hmm. He's already leading and and in so many excelling in so many ways. Don't need didn't need that didn't need to happen, but it did, but it did because you know why not? Because that's what happens when an educated, erudite white man <laughs> heads to the savage lands. Their problems are inferior and easy to solve. It's very simple for big white brains. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic. Okay, moving along. But seriously, it's kind of fucked up. He didn't need that. He led plenty. Ben is the one who uncovers the Night Sister among them, which is what eventually leads them to capturing Vistara shortly after Ben goes badass and beheads a Sith Saber out in that field. Yeah. He cut a lady's head off. He also cut the arm off a Rancor while he was standing on a guy's shoulders. <laughs> oh. Those are like solid moments that, you know, you're not going to forget type of thing. Yeah. And as much as we see him succeed and lead, we do also see the failures. Like I said, with Vistara, no matter how minor they may be, for example, he's bad at running through the woods at night. So is his dad. Mm-hmm. When they're like originally chasing those night sisters in the dark, tripping over logs, running into rocks, all kinds of stuff. Small, small failures. Um, also, many, many of those tribesmen on top of the hill died under his command and leadership. Yeah, especially at first. A lot of them. Like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like a couple dozen, right? Yeah. They had big losses the first uh, few attacks. That's a bit more of a more serious failure. Although. There's a learning curve. Again, though, it's kind of not his fault. They're at a disadvantage. They're outnumbered. It is it is what it is. Mm-hmm. He did the best he could. Uh but maybe the most glaring failure and the most offensive of them is that he lets Vistara steal his Rancor kill uh, for the last Rancor on the top of the hill. And I think we've all played enough D&D to know. Mm -hmm. Sure stings when somebody steals your kill, man. Ah. And, uh, you know, not to mention the fact that she gets a upper hand on him in every single conversation. He fails with her. Pours out his guts about the, I we know about the ship at the spaceport. And we know that you did this and that. And, blah. and he's like, you know, just always off balance with her. Yeah. 
But everywhere else, steady, sturdy leadership, you know? Yeah, her her just demeanor overall, just actually just being calm and talking to him throws him for a loop and just makes him angry. Which really, why? Because she's a teenage girl. That's the only reason. Remember in the last series when he was training with that droid and and whoever the girl was, I can't remember her name now, came up and talked to him, flirted with him a little bit. Immediately off balance, mm-hmm. immediately suggestible, you know, off kilter. And so she just gets, she just, she wins every time against him. Yeah. We come around to the final chat about aboard the Jade Shadow, where they're telling Vistara, sucks to be captured, doesn't it? And then <laughs> the Sith show up, ambush them, outnumber them. And that is that. And throughout this entire book, I think it's pretty clear, as we've mentioned several times, Ben is being thrust into that position of leadership. Yeah. You know, for the Jedi. He's obviously somehow being paired up with Vistara. Whatever the intention and outcome of that is going to be, I don't care. The dynamic relationship between the two of them, the way that they interact is fantastic yeah and one of the really well what did i just did i say those words right yeah i felt like i said willy rel anyways one of the that must have been hard to say it wasn't hard to get it oh yeah was it hard to get it wrong hard to get it wrong i can't get that right (laughs) oh here's the thing i love it (laughs) and it's one of the really well written parts throughout this book right is is the the back and forth between the two of them. And, yeah. And we get a lot of it with, with them. They're kind of neighbors for a couple of sleepover camps, you know? Like mm-hmm. A couple of nights at Camp Sleepaway. Sleepaway camp, man. There could be a camp called Sleepaway? There, listen, it's a movie. <laughs> Don't watch it. <laughs> okay. It is mind messery of the highest level but back to ben okay he's a leader he's got a antagonistic teenager that he's hanging out with now he's got a peer his own age yeah like the first time yeah really because in the jedi temple who wants to hang out with the principal's son (laughs) that's true when his mom is a murderer yeah so (laughs) and then he hangs out with his murderous cousin what was your favorite moment of Ben Skywalker? Um, I like his the the first scene that that he or the scene where he's has to be the leader of this Jedi encampment at the top of the hill mm-hmm. and literally plant the flag, right? Yeah, and he has to deputize Dion to make it legal or whatever. Yeah, I I like him. In that role specifically, because then they're all like, okay, so you're in charge here. That's the other thing about him is that he really like excels at the bureaucracy of things. Mm-hmm. Like understanding the importance of fulfilling certain obligations, rules, or like whatever. He's really politically minded. He's got a really high understanding of a lot of things. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed this yet. The only... Um, his only drawback or only downfall to his character is just that he's young. 
Yeah. He's just inexperienced. That's literally it. Mm-hmm. He's got the potential. He's got the power. He's got the brains. He's got the brawn. Like, he will eventually be the most powerful man in the galaxy. And, you know, he's shown to us as a pretty solid paragon of perfection mm-hmm. who makes mistakes in learning along the way. Yeah. Most of his mistakes are minor or negligible. Other, You know, so most, most of them. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes he gets talked into assassinating the prime minister of Karelia. Yeah. My favorite moment was uh, that second fight with the Night Sisters when Han and Leia show up. They do the sideswipe, and then he gets Leia's lightsaber. And the f- the end of the paragraph is quote, and that was the fight. <laughs> I don't. That was my favorite thing. It's like we listen. You already know how badass this kid is. I don't need to tell you all the things he's about <laughs> to do. For sure, kicked somebody in the head. Mm-hmm. But that was the fight. Probably a Rancor at that point. Which brings us to our last character. Speaking of Rancors. Number six. Luke Skywalker. The downhill Grandmaster. The over the hill Grandmaster. The Grandmaster metaphor. He's weak from the Maw. And he wrongly assumes upon coming to Dathomir. That all of the Sith are on Dathomir. That's why Vestara fled here. Mm-hmm. Now, how ironic and and foreshadowing is that? That he's wrong in the beginning, and then he's right at the end. Yeah. Because they are all here now, and <laughs> you lose, sucker. It just took a week. It just, you were ahead of the game. You it, know? It's a problem when you can use the Force and see the future. Things mixed you together. Know, you never know what's real. Can't tell your dreams from reality. As they obviously pursue Vestara through the forest, as I've mentioned several times, even though I can't say it half the time, marker, 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 Luke is clotheslined off a speeder by a Rancor. (laughs) (laughs) Wear a Rancor wearing armor. He tracks a Night Sister via jungle damage. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Interrogates witches, competes in boring repetitive Olympic trials, and faces the consequences of making men equal. And wins all the trials, too. Yes, of course. Yeah. He's Luke Skywalker. Imagine if he had lost. He would only maybe lose to Ben or Vestara. If I'm writing, those are the only two characters I would put on a podium next to that guy in this Olympics. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody else is important by any stretch. And that's why so much of this was Vapid, mm-hmm. empty. I like the word. Used. Seventeen different Dathomiri tribes people named and like named and 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 supporting characterized in this yeah. throughout this entire book. Given description, one or two might ever carry forward. Good. Haliava, who is now a Sith, mm-hmm. and whatever the dude's name. Who was from Hapes. Yeah. <laughs> and the only other character in this book that Dion made a good, uh, good yes, appearance. He did the washout Jedi, the washout Jedi. Jedi deputy turned Sith, Sith killer assassin. That was awesome. <laughs> yes. Very awesome. But anyways, you Back know, to Luke. Luke, just regular <laughs> stuff for Luke. 
Yep. Suffering uh, f- from supporting the patriarchy, all that stuff. He's literally forced to be separate from everyone else so Ben can lead. He doesn't do much throughout the entire book uh, besides attack and defend. Yeah. You know, Night Sisters attack, he defends himself. There's bitches in the forest, they go attack. Whatever. He doesn't solve any mysteries. No. He doesn't gather any clues. He doesn't uncover any surprises. That's all Ben. Yeah. Mind you, who's on the cover? It's true. Ben Skywalker. (laughs) So, it's his book. So be it. But Luke does nothing. He's largely just dodging rocks and lightning. Fights side by side with Vistara. That's great. He duels a a Sith Lord while smiling at him. Also great. (laughs) And then, as said before, Luke and Ben captured Vistara. The Sith capture them. And I'm just like, what did he really do? What did he really bring to the story in the present? Mind you, the impetus for the entire story on Dathomir is something that he brought from the past. He came to this planet, set up a Jedi Academy, made Mm. men equal to women, and now there's this civil war happening. Yeah. But what did he bring here in the present? Yeah, he had... What did he do this time that no one else could have done? I, could, I couldn't I could think of anything, so I'm going to say not too much. Tracked Vistara by his blood for the first part of the journey. That was early. Uh, yeah, used the damage of the forest. A couple of little force tricks. But that's it. That, that I'm sure if somebody it. else had the knowledge to do it, like Ben could, could have done ben it. If he ever fucking taught his son anything. <laughs> You guys are alone in hyperspace for X amount of time all the time. Why don't you teach him all the tricks? Yeah. Just like for fun. Just pass the time. Hey, here's how in case you ever need to track somebody who's very dangerous that's going to try to kill you and everyone you love. Here's how you make your blood burn them. Yeah. Here's how you track your blood. Here's how to use the shatter point technique. But what does he do, man? Uh, Not too much. And like I said, it's all good. It's Ben's book. Yeah. I don't, you know, not everybody has to do everything, every book, unless you're Jaina Solo. And then I complain constantly because you don't ever do anything in any book mm-hmm. out of four so far. It's Ben's book. He's on the cover. Luke has just now moved that much further aside for Ben to step into his place. Like, that's what this book feels like for the two of them. Yeah. Is... The first three books have been Ben is Luke's sidekick. Everywhere they go, it's the revered Grandmaster Luke Skywalker. And also, here's my son, Ben. You know what I mean? Like, when they go to Keldor and they have to do all those trials and it's like, I'm not going to fight you. My apprentice will fight your apprentice. Blah, blah, blah. Because I'm the great Grandmaster. And then the second book, they do another thing. And then it's all led by Luke. He's the one interacting with the Yang-Ti. Nah. Aha, we got there. You know, he's the one in charge of that. All of those interactions and all of those de- decisions <laughs> until he Just goes decisions. beyond shadow. And then that is and, the point where ben, ben starts to make decisions left to his own devices and pushed into leadership. And from that point forward, Luke is too weak to take the lead throughout the first part of this book. Mm-hmm. Then they're in the forest and then it's Camp Jedi and you can't be here. 
And so Luke is shoved downhill and Ben literally plants a flag at the top of it. It couldn't be more iconic. You know? Yeah, it's it's like the... Or symbolic, I should say. Yeah, it's it's reading like a a retirement and a promotion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. And so, even though he didn't do a whole hell of a lot, what was your favorite moment of Luke Skywalker? Um, the battle scene with Vistara, and he with the, and not so much for what he was doing, but just for the background around him with the lightning and the. And it was very cool atmosphere. Yeah, and like, it was really fun moody. to watch in my head. It was very moody in my head too. <laughs> I liked all of his nostalgic Rancor fighting. Okay. One of the major moments where you fall in love with Luke Skywalker first is he fights and defeats that crazy monster in the basement of Jabba's palace, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then here he is, he gets fucking clo- clotheslined off a space motorcycle. He's like chopping heads off of them, even though they kind of have necks even more than I thought. <laughs> Just that, that was fun. I yeah. think Jabba's was, was stunted because it had to stay crouched all the time. And probably so. malnourished and yeah. poorly taken care of. And you yeah. know, Even though that crying guy with the big fat man titties. <laughs> yeah. He, he was, was all sad he about was it. He was so sad about it. And I, that makes me cry. Yeah, it's it almost, so bad. That, that gets me. That guy. <laughs> hey, guy, wherever you are, sorry about that man titties comment. You know what shape you're in. But that was a hell of a performance, bro. That was an excellent performance. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. He meant that. He loved that model toy that they were looking at or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So that was my favorite moment of Luke Skywalker was remembering him in Return of the Jedi. And the Rancors on this planet, though they are used as mounts. Bigger and badder also. And weapons and armor and terrifying. Yeah. Armored. One of them <laughs> swings a tree trunk at Luke Skywalker. Yeah, he like pulls it up and That's what I'm saying. Like All of the Rancor fighting was... Really, it was really the spot I wanted him to be. It was yeah. cool. And that's it, man. That's Fate of the Jedi Backlash. The Jedi Order has been backlashed by Dalla. The Skywalkers have been backlashed by the Sith. The Night Sisters backlashed against the men. Even Monarch the Mechanic faced the backlash. Backlash complete. Yep. Ben and Vistara into the spotlight. Luke, Han, and Leia as secondary support. Abeloth and Jaina near equally absent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that That's it, man. That's the whole... That's what everybody did throughout the entire book. Any last thoughts? Any Anything else you want to add at all? Before we rate this book? No, I think we covered it pretty well. There's nothing, nothing that nothing that stuck out that was something that I was like. What was like talk about this? Yeah, I know. Was there anything like surprising in this book? Was there anything shocking? Other than other than the appearance of the Sith, yeah. Which which again, like, could have seen that coming. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, (laughs) of course, you're gonna send everybody. And trap them there. But, yeah, other than that, it was just kind of... Well, let's let's rate it. 
Let's break this book down. What do you give Fate of the Jedi Backlash? How many fates out of nine? I'm trying to remember how I rated the other ones. I wouldn't worry too much about that because I'm about to fuck up my whole system. Okay, because I was going to give this one like a three. One out of nine. Yeah, it's just I'm a one out of nine. Three or two, I was in there. It Okay. The positives that I wrote down. Great action. Mm-hmm. Fun, quippy banter in a lot of spots. With Ben and Luke, with Ben and Vistara, with R2 and 3PO, Alana and the droids, Han and Leia. All the dialogue, snappy, clever, funny. Very good. Mm-hmm. That's all. Good action, good dialogue. Here we go. Here's a word. Stagnant. Yep. As Star Wars books go, you jump around from system to system, planet to planet, and that itself shouldn't be a failing of this book. To stay in a few places to tell a more focused story. But for the way that it's done, feels very much like we're stalling the entire book. Yeah. From the very beginning of the book, we know where Vistara is. And she's just beyond arm's reach. Mm-hmm. For the whole book, we're just stalled. We're not progressing the story. And what matters that happened on Dathomir? What matters for the whole story moving forward that happened in this book on Dathomir? Where we spent 300 of 360 pages. The Sith showing up? Luke and Ben get captured by the Sith. Ben takes more leadership with his father. Ben and Vistara spend a little more time together. Everything and everyone else, it's background noise. Yeah, and even like the when they're up on the hill and the battles with the... It was the same battle yes. again yes. and again. Yes, dude. Oh, yes. They just, just nailed it. Threw an extra Rancor in here yep. or there. Here comes a few Rancors and Witches. Defeated. Here comes more. And then the next time, here's more. And then here's... it's. It's what they have and who they are. Yeah. But uninteresting for the 7th, 12th, 30th time. Yeah. Because that's what it is from... The, it's chapter 3, I think, when they when he gets clotheslined off the speeder. Mm-hmm. And they have that first... They get zapped of that first lightning fight. Well, they have the same lightning rancor witch fight. In like 12, chapter 30 or something? Dude, 12 more times. Yeah. It happens again when Han and Leia come to save them. It happens again four times on the hill. It happens twice before you get to the hill with the camp at nighttime. That's not Rancors. It's bugs and snakes. Okay. Kind of different. Mm-hmm. I'll leave that one out. But yeah, multiple times on the hill. Into the forest to chase them again. It's Rancors and witches. And then when when the Sith show up, here comes the Rancors and witches to fight the Sith because they're like, a oh, man, kill him. And then here come the Jedi to fight the Rancors and Witches again, right? Yeah. yeah. You are so right, man. Yeah, it's the same thing. It was thing. the same fight over and over and over and over and over. All, all the meanwhile, we are ignoring Abeloth. Yep. We are ignoring the Maw at, you know, at the... To try to, try to get that information out of Vistara's hands, that, that uh, transport information. Mm-hmm. but just 
we're spending the whole book stalling. Yeah. Doing then, weird non doesn't matter sense. Yeah, political stuff on a backwards planet how, or back how about, out of the way planet. How about here's how much it didn't matter. In one paragraph, the dude from Hapes mm-hmm. <laughs> says to Luke, "We're not going to tell you where the girl is until tomorrow when you win and prove yourself at the Olympics." Next sentence: Someone else came and took them over to the girl right away. If that is not absolutely emblematic of how much that shit does not matter, <laughs> yeah. Right away, it was like, nah, you don't need to do that. We're just gonna like come on. Even though I was so bored with the prospect of prove yourself again for the fourth fucking book in a row. Mm-hmm. I get it. That's the journey that we're on here. But why Luke? Why not Ben? And maybe that is kind of the thing. In the first one, it's Ben who has to prove himself against the apprentice to allow access to the underground hidden civilization. He's the one who, who does have to prove himself. In the second one with the Yang T. I don't really remember how Ben had the impact on that. He didn't really. He got sent back to the ship and started Luke... going crazy. No, no, no. That was well, he was one. hallucinating about spiders and stuff. Remember? Yeah, that was on the, that was on the way there. No. Yeah, that was on the yeah, way okay, in. Yeah, you're right. And when they actually got to the planet, they were mind melding with this thing. And Luke's like, okay, hey, go back to the ship. I'll handle this. Yeah, you're not allowed to do any of this high level shit. Yeah. Right. And, and then, then so, he did anyway. And then the third book, Luke goes off on his own. Ben has to step up. And, and you know, it is just, it is handing off that leadership over and over again. But that's fine. But why? I just, we don't, we don't, we don't, we move around Dathomir, but we don't move around. No. We're in the forest the whole time. We're on a hill for a minute and then we're back in the forest. You know, and then it's just, it's too much, too samey, 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 samey. And your yeah. point was goddamn illustrative perfect. The same witch and rancor fight over and over and over and over again. Sometimes they used the wind. Sometimes they tried to crush them with rocks. Largely the same thing. Yep. Here's some more complaints. No Jaina. Mm-hmm. Went over that already. We're missing the big bad guy that we just learned about in the last book. Went over that already. I just... How did the story move forward between the beginning of this book when everybody has fled the Maw and we're trying to catch Vistara so the Sith can't get the nav data for the Maw? Even though we know they've already been there. She was the only survivor. I guess that's why. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So at the beginning of the book, we're trying to get her to get this information. All the things that happened through the book in this, in this storyline. Right. And then at the end of it, we, we catch her and they get the information. Yeah. That's one. That is one change across 360 pages. Mm-hmm. One story plot point change their relationship doesn't change between between the jedi and the sith 
across these 360 pages other than to be like, I don't know what she's doing and what is she up to? And maybe she's not all that bad. Well, very, very minor things, right? What happened in that story thread? Well, and I think you and me, I'm not sure if it was on while we were recording or not, brought up that if we were reading these books, like actually reading them, yeah. not four chapters at a time, back to back to back to back to back, that this book would just be forgotten. Mm-hmm. It would just be... Dude, a week ago we were like, remember all that other stuff that happened in this book? That was a different book because yeah. nothing happened in yeah. this book. Okay, that's the Luke and Ben side, the Jedi Sith side. What happened on the Jedi GA side? We went from the beginning of the book where we're not getting along. We're not trading captives to you invade the Jedi temple Mm -hmm. to we're fine. We have a deal. At what point between you invade the Jedi temple and we're fine. Does that make sense? How does Kent Hamner have the leadership sway to stop all the hard-headed individuals that we named before mm-hmm. from seeking retribution of this invasion of the Jedi Temple. That's easy. Just don't write them in the book. Right. Just it's, don't do it. Just, just don't yeah. have the idea. Yeah. Don't have anybody have an interesting thought of their own. Have this book... Okay. And maybe this is part of the meta fiction is that this book is called backlash and it's kind of all about things happening to our characters. Mm -hmm. They have very little agency of decision of control. They have very little choice in what they're doing. Yeah. Everything in this book is largely happening to them or like waiting for the perfect moment to do the thing, you know? Yeah, it's it's all just, but it still doesn't. Even if they're waiting on the backlash to happen, there's normally the story still progresses. There hasn't, like you like, brought up, there hasn't been much of anything. And happen. maybe that's compared to the last book. Yeah, where we where met. this we get into the maw, the Sith get in the maw, the Sith meet Abeloth. We go beyond shadows, which is a acid trip, mind blowing thing. We meet Abeloth, Luke, and Ben, and then there's a battle, and then there's an escape, right? Yeah. But in this book, we're looking for Vistara in chapter one, and at the end of the book, we've completed step one and found her. Like, all of, like, that, that, them finding Vistara and then getting ambushed by the Sith could happen in chapter one. Yeah, it could have, it could have all been written, ah, we're going to hunt her down, meet up with her in orbit of Dathomir. As the Sith ships are coming in, yeah, there is their whole travel, and then do the rest go of it. from there. Yeah, I don't know. It's impossible to know right now how much setup from this book is gonna come forward. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I think maybe two people off this planet could ever show up again, besides Luke and Ben and Vistara. Yeah, you know, it all feels inconsequential. And the whole book just felt like stalling. Yep. And maybe that is, you know, a side effect of having a heart attack during the press tour for the first book. Maybe that is just what happened. Like he just 
had to go into a holding pattern for the story because of his own personal life and whatever he had to deal with, you know? Yeah. Or, or it was it's just, just felt, it feels like very little plot advancement. One of those, we didn't have it in the last series, but a weird hiccup having three different writers. It's could just know, been right? a weird thing. I don't know. Either way. It was weird. Now let's look ahead. To Fate of the Jedi, Book 5, Allies, written by Christy Golden, mm-hmm. released May 25th, 2010, her second Star Wars novel, and hopefully more of her female positive focused writing. Because in that second book, we got plenty of Jaina, plenty of Astara. Yeah. Comparatively speaking. Mm. Okay. There's never enough Jaina. But hopefully more. Because, you know, we're in the back half of the series. Now it's time for her to pick it up and start solving the galaxy's problems. Let's take a look at the front cover. Mm -hmm. Lightsabers drawn and lit. Luke Skywalker stands beside a Sith. Not facing off. But side by side. Seemingly looking out in the same direction. Shared vision. Yes. A shared perspective. P.S. Speaking speaking of imagery, mm-hmm. look at that Sith's lightsaber. It is awesome. Yes. <laughs> it looks. It's got like a. It's got like a tie interceptor kind of feel around the barrel where the light emits, where the lightsaber emits. Yeah, like it kind of looks like the top of the, Sauron's tower. Sauron's tower. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that's what I was gonna say. Too. <laughs> First, I was going Star Wars, then I was going extracurricular. Yeah. But absolutely. It it looks awesome. It, it looks great. And I'm sure that imagery is on purpose to evoke that evil villain feeling, right? Yeah, and you know? like the the pointed edges and sharp lines of it that's exactly. very aggressive. It's threatening, yes. yes. Aggressive. Let's read the back cover. Let's. Is this your first time reading the back cover? <laughs> it's the first time flipping the book over, man. Well, prepare for this. All right. Only one thing could unite the forces of Jedi and Sith. An enemy far deadlier than both. Okay, we talked about this in the last cover. Bit of a spoiler. Yep. Bit of a jump ahead spoiler when we just left off with them in peril. (laughs) Yeah. Only one thing could unite the forces of Jedi and Sith. An enemy far deadlier than both. What began as a quest for truth has become a struggle for survival for Luke Skywalker and his son, Ben. They have used the secrets of the Mind Walkers to speak with the spirits of the Fallen, risking their lives in the process. They have faced a team of Sith assassins and beaten the odds to destroy them. And now, the Death Squad's sole survivor, Sith Apprentice Vistara Kai, has summoned an entire fleet of Sith frigates to engage the embattled father and son. But the Dark Warriors come bearing a surprising proposition that will bring Jedi and Sith together in an unprecedented alliance against an adversary more ancient and alien than they can imagine. For in the treacherous web of black holes that is the Maw, the Skywalkers and their Sith allies will have to fight an unimaginable evil, and Luke will be rocked by a staggering truth. Bum, bum, bum. Now, 
I don't like that right away. They're like, hey, friends. Ah, oh, the Jedi and the Sith. Gonna unite. It's the first sentence of the back cover. But then again, mm-hmm. the title of the book is Allies, and it has Luke Skywalker and a Sith buddy hanging out on the front. Yes. You know, if you just pick this shit up off, off the shelf, and you're like, what the hell's going on in the front of this? And maybe you don't put together, they look like they're teaming up. And then you flip it over, and you're like, Jedi and Sith unite. Sold. You know, like. Yeah. It's marketing. It is what it is. But listen to that little summary. Joining forces, Tim. Mm -hmm. No pun intended. Unimaginable evil in the Maw. Abeloth? Not named. Nope. Purple Light? A staggering truth for Luke? Yeah. What will it be? So interested. Find out next week when we kick off Fate of the Jedi 5 Allies with chapters 1 through 4. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Joining forces! Alliances. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.